0: So much going on in this world. Aren't you so glad that you can lift your hands and give the Lord praise? Oh, he's worthy this morning. The Bible says daily he loadeth us with benefits. Great is that faithfulness toward us. Somebody give the Lord a praise for his faithfulness this morning. Hallelujah. The Lord is blessing me. He's blessing you right now, daily. Daily, he blesses us. He's kept us. He's healed us. He's blessed our family. He's kept our job. Oh, he's so good. Hallelujah. Somebody give him glory in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Hey. Hallelujah. Hey. Let's sing this together. Say the Lord is blessing. The Lord is blessing
1: me. Right now. thank you. Somebody tell them it was his grace. It was his mercy. That we are not controlling. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 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 I'm going to speak today on the subject. Taking
2: charge of your emotions. Say that after me, please. Taking charge of your emotions. Emotions. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. That means don't worry about anything. Tell your neighbor, don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things, and the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Not that I speak in regard of need, verse 11, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can, somebody ought to say I can, I can. do all things, all things through Christ, through Christ. who strengthens me. You may be seated. The word emotion comes from a root word which means to stir up, to be disturbed, to be excited. An emotional person is one who is dominated by and prone to emotion. An emotional person is one who is controlled, aroused, agitated in feeling or sensibilities. And emotions are the feelings which result from our thoughts, our experiences, and our perceptions. Good experiences usually result in feelings like joy, emotions like peace. Bad experiences usually result in feelings or emotions like anger, our fear, our sorrow. And not all emotions are bad. Not all emotions are detrimental. Under normal circumstances, emotions serve a very vital role in our life. Life would be boring and meaningless without emotions like love, like joy, like peace. Even emotions like fear and anger have their role and their place in our lives. But sometimes emotions go haywire and berserk. Sometimes they persist and endure long after any reason for their existence has passed on. Sometimes they make our inner life miserable, cause us to destroy our external relationships, make us a terror and a pain to all who are around us. Emotions even have the potential to make us miss out on God, or even worse, lose the favor of our God. Now, emotions are difficult to hide. They show up and show out in one way or another, sometimes through a smile, sometimes through a frown, sometimes through a glare. She didn't say a word. When she took that look at you and looked into your eyes, you knew that there was nothing but hatred and animosity pouring out of her. Emotions are difficult to hide. Daniel had an emotional moment in Daniel 7 and 28, and he says, this is the end of the account, and as for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me. And my countenance changed. But I kept the matter in my heart. Sometimes emotions will show up in words. Sometimes they will show up in actions. Sometimes when negative emotions are too strong, or last too long, they can show up in physical illness or even in death. In Luke 21 and 26, Jesus spoke of men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. They're going to be so tense, so upset that their hearts for emotional reasons alone will fail them. They will lose their very lives. Even in Matthew 26 and 38, Jesus himself said to his disciples, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. The sorrow is so intense that it feels like it's killing me. And he said to them, stay here and watch with me. The Old Testament character Nabal acted so rudely toward David that David was on the verge of destroying Nabal his whole household and his staff. David had showed Nabal much kindness. David needed a favor. Nabal insulted him and said, Why well, should I even bother with you? You're not worth the trouble, I'll not do it. David decided I'll kill him and I'll kill everybody in his house. But Abigail, his wife, had been able to convince David not to do that. In 1 Samuel 25 and 37, The Bible describes what happened when Nabal learned of the situation he had almost created. Verse 37 says, so it was in the morning when the wine had gone from Nabal. Alcohol make you do stupid things. That's why Holy Ghost feels sanctified. Folk don't mess with it. No extra charge for that word of advice. In the morning, when the wine had gone from Nabal, and his wife told him what had happened, told him these things, his heart died within him. When he learned how close he'd come to death, when he learned that David and his army were on their way to kill him, it scared Nabal to death. The Bible says, and his heart died within him, and he became like a stone. Ten days later, Mabel died. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, negative emotions can kill you. A host of illnesses and diseases have been associated with negative emotions, like fear, like anger, like hatred, like worry, like jealousy. And so it is important to your mental health and your physical health that you take charge of your emotions. Tell your neighbor it is important to your mental health and your physical health that you take charge of your emotions. No one can deny that joy and love are better than hatred and anger any day. But it's also important, not only for your mental health and your physical health, it's important for your relationships that you take charge of your emotions. Your neighbor, he needs to look at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, it's important for your relationships that you take charge of your emotions. Even negative people get sick of negative people. hmm Negative emotions always overflow into negative expressions, words, and actions. So the Bible in many places counsels us regarding how we should converse with and how we should relate to one another. Proverbs 25 and 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Proverbs 10 and 19, he who restrains his lips is wise, And the lips of the righteous feed many. Proverbs 6 and 2. You are snared by the words of your mouth, and you are taken by the words of your mouth. So, if you want healthy minded people to be attracted to you, then you've got to be healthy minded and positive yourself. I wish somebody would help me preach. People have trouble enough holding themselves up without you coming along to disable, demoralize, depress, displease, and discourage them. There's so much negative stuff in the world and negative-minded people are searching for the positive and they're trying to avoid the negative. Are you hearing me today? Your words, your emotions, Your attitudes permeate the atmosphere around you. And if they're positive, they create a beautiful fragrance to which people will be attracted. But if they're negative, they create a repulsive stink that will drive people away from you. How many of you know that there are people who when they walk into the room, it's like a beautiful fragrance has been sprayed all over the room. Other people, when they walk into the room, you're depressed just because of their presence. Ecclesiastes 10 and 12, the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool shall swallow him up. The words of his mouth began with foolishness, and the end of his talk is raving Madness. And so, if you want to get away from negative emotions, get away from negative people. <laughs> too much beauty in the world for you to allow people to drag you down into a depression. You got too much to do. You're going to need all the strength that you can summon. You cannot survive if you've allowed some negative person to poison your emotions. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you can't survive if you allow negative people to poison your emotions. Mm -hmm. If you're tied to some negative person, I want you to listen to me because you've got to build up such a wall of positive reinforcement around you that you will overcome any force that may come against you. When you're really ready, they can say anything they want to say. You in your heart, in your spirit, praising God and glorifying God and carrying on really a wonderful relationship and rejoicing in the power of God, that even that negative stuff can go right over your head and you'll never sense that it is there. Hallelujah. Even God, look at your neighbor and say, even God is repelled and alienated by negativism. God is displeased when those whom he loves and those whom he has blessed have negative emotions toward him and speak negative words about him. And you might say, oh no, that'll never happen. Yes, it will. I know it'll happen because it's best illustrated by God's dealing with Israel in the wilderness. After all God had done for them, After all God intended to do for them, they almost constantly complained, always had something negative to say. Finally, God got tired of them, and he issued his judgment against them. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 27, God said, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who murmur against me? I've heard their complaints, when the, Israel, when the children of Israel murmur against me. And so say to them, as I live, saith the Lord, just as you've spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. I'm going to say what I've got to say in your hearing. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. And all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. All will die in the wilderness because they complain. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. 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 Don't need to be doing any complaining against your God. God. Murmuring is more than just observing of alleged deficiencies. Murmuring, Murmuring is resentful and sometimes repetitious statements about the alleged deficiency of God. Murmuring a lie implies that there's something devious and sinister about the person against whom you murmur. I said murmuring implies that there's something negative and sinister about the person against whom you murmur. Murmuring implies that the person against whom you murmur owes you something. Yes, you murmur against that person because you feel they've wronged you by not doing what you wanted them to do. But who says they owe you anything? Can I preach today? Mm -hmm. It implies that the person has failed to do something which they are supposed to do. And so murmuring implies a flaw in the person against whom you murmur, a flaw in their motivation, that they're negatively motivated. A flaw in their commitment, that they're not really committed to you. A flaw in their knowledge and a flaw in their skill. There's a flaw in their integrity. And so you complain about something which you feel they should and ought to do something about. Murmuring indicates a lack of consideration for the feelings of the individual. And you know what? The only reason you expected something from them in the first place is because for the last 40 years, they've been helping you every time you call. You learn to believe that they will respond positively, and now you're mad because finally they got sick of your mess. They decide, look, I can't do it this time. I can't help you this time. I'm not going to help you. I've helped you too many times before. Now, rather than saying I appreciate all that you've done for me in the past, you've been so kind to me, and I understand I've probably overdrawn my account, and I want you to know I'm sorry for that, but thank you for what you've done, even though you can't do it this time. You can't help me out this time. I appreciate it. Now, if you believe that's a good way to respond, clap your hands and praise God. But no, murmuring indicates a lack of consideration for the feelings of the individual. It indicates a lack of respect for the individual. And it indicates a lack of appreciation. And it also indicates a lack of trust. And murmuring never has a positive impact against the person that you murmur. You're fussing, you're complaining, you're thinking you're going to bring about a change and that they're going to love you more and appreciate you more when in reality what they're trying to do is find some kind of way to get away from you. Am I preaching today? Would somebody please say preach, Pastor? It causes resentment. It causes pain. It demotivates and murmuring alienates. How y'all doing so far? God wants us to reach the place where our circumstances and events no longer control our emotions. Come on, tell your neighbor, God wants us to reach the place where our circumstances and events no longer control our emotions. God wants us to reach the place where emotions no longer control our words where they no longer control our behavior Job experienced catastrophic disasters Job's entire world seemed to be falling apart but the Bible says in Job 1 and 20 then Job arose and tore his robe, shaved his head fell to the ground and Worship, not complain, not murmur, but Job fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return. And the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away, and blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong." Many people are unaware that God is concerned about their thought life. He's concerned about their emotions, about their attitudes, about their expressions. Psalm 139 and 1. Oh Lord, you searched me and known me. You know my sitting down. You know my rising up. You understand my thoughts. Far off, you comprehend my path, my lying down. And you are acquainted with all of my ways. There's not a word on my tongue except you know it altogether. Then the psalmist in Psalm 19 and 14 said as all of us ought to say and ought to pray. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Then in 2 Corinthians... Ten and four. You all still with me? The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive captive every thought to make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Say that after me, please. We take captive captive every thought, every thought. To, make to make it obedient unto Christ. Not only is God concerned about our thoughts, he will help us to take charge of our thoughts and our emotions. Second Timothy 1 and 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind Come on, clap your hands and praise God for what God is doing in our minds, in our emotions, in our hearts. If you can conquer the fear of death, you can conquer every other fear. Jesus, the Son of God, came in human flesh. He suffered every trial, every temptation that you and I suffer, yet he did it without sin. And therefore, we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. Everything that we might go through, Jesus has already been through it, so we can go to him and he'll help us with everything we've got to deal with. How many of you know the Lord will help you? How many of you know the Lord will stand with you, stand in you to bring you through, bring you over everything you're going through? Get glad about it. Come on and praise God. If you really believe that Jesus arose from the dead and understand that his resurrection makes your resurrection possible, you will take the first step toward overcoming the fear of death. And once you rise above the fear of death, you're ready to overcome every other fear, every other negative emotion. If you can take the resurrection of Jesus Christ and say, just like God did that, God can lift me up higher than I've ever dreamed I could go. You're ready to live with joy, peace, and fulfillment. Come on and praise God. Well, brother preacher, how do you take charge of your emotions? Number one, you make a firm commitment to God through Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor, make a firm commitment to God through Jesus Christ. Paul said in Romans 8, 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, all these things, we are more than conquerors. For I am persuaded, anybody in here persuaded? I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor anything set present, Nothing's things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Paul was ready to deal with his emotions because he decided nothing I go through is going to separate me from God. Nothing I've got to deal with is going to stop me from loving God. And when you've got your mind made up, then your mind will overrule even the negative emotions that rise up within you. And you'll be ready to go forth in the power of Almighty God. And so make a firm commitment to God through Jesus Christ. And also, if you want to overcome negative emotions, make a firm commitment to rejoice. Habakkuk had made that commitment. Things went wrong in his life, but he said, I've made up my mind. Nothing will stop me from rejoicing in my God. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine. Though the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no food. Though the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall, yet Yet will I rejoice. Come on, tell your neighbor, yet will I rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Are there any hallelujah anyhow folk in the house of God? Hallelujah. Anyhow, never let your problem get you down. When misfortune comes your way, lift your hand to God and say hallelujah come on help me say hallelujah anyhow hallelujah 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 if you want to gain control of your emotions Make up your mind that you're going to fight against negative emotions and you're going to promote positive emotions You're going to fight against murmuring You're going to encourage yourself to praise God and glorify God Make up your mind I'm not going to worry about anything Come on and tell your neighbor "Neighbor, I'm not going to worry about anything but Philippians 4 and 6 says be anxious for nothing the Bible commands you don't worry about anything and if the Bible commands it God will enable you to do it neighbor tell your neighbor if God says do it he'll enable you in the name of Jesus to do what the Bible says if you want to rise above negative emotions, then meditate about good things and beautiful things. He said in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul, my soul cries out, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, stand up and say hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: Glory, glory, glory.
2: Hallelujah. Paul said, in 1 Thessalonians 5:18, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Say that after me, please. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. Thanksgiving determines that you're determined to focus on good things. Rather than bad things, Thanksgiving says, Lord, I'm gonna ignore the thing that comes against me. I'm gonna thank you for the good things you bring into my life. You've been so good, so good. I'll praise you. I'll magnify you. I'll glorify you. Lift your hand and say thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah yes thanksgiving declares i'm gonna think of his goodness unto me i'm not gonna worry about the things that come against me i'm just gonna thank him for every day thank him for every breath thank him for every moment that i'm on this earth any day i'm above the ground it's a day for me to give thanks, tell three people, give thanks. Give thanks, give thanks. Thanksgiving implies that you believe the Lord will make a way somehow. All things work together for good. To them that love the Lord, tell two people, it's working out, it's working out, it's working out. yeah. Oh, bless his name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God will, God will bring you out all right. Come on and pray. yes, yes. Lord, you don't have to bless me. Lord, you don't have to make a way. Lord, you don't have to protect me. You don't have to pick me up out of the muck and mire, but because you do it, I praise you. You don't owe me anything. I owe you all my praise. I owe you all the glory. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh, yes.
2: Oh two people, I'm taking charge. I'm taking charge. I'm taking charge. I heard Jesus say, I give you power over all of the power of the enemy. I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions. Tell your neighbor I've got
1: power." power. Hallelujah,
2: hallelujah, come on and praise him.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Tell three people, you've got the power, you've got the power. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when sorrows, like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you've taught me to say, it is well. It is well. three people and it's all right now